Hello and welcome to another edition of Inside the Borough, the FEU podcast for and by fans. My name is Dan. I am joined, as usual, uh, by Shane, and Jack is back this week. Welcome back, Jack. Um, <clears throat> and tonight we are going to go over the Middle Tennessee uh, victory, FAU defeating Middle Tennessee 28-13. A um, lot to talk about this one. First, you know, really the biggest thing, uh, FAU got a conference win uh, now is 2-0 and in conference and really did a lot. Um, there's still a heck of a lot more to, to go and a, lo- and a long way to go in this season. But, you know, this is uh, obviously you can only do the next <clears> – <throat> you can only win the game that's, that's in front of you, and FAU did that. And uh, so final score, 28-13. to 13. Kind of a scoring-wise a, a, a little bit unique. FAU starting the game off with uh, a, a two-pointer. Uh, basically blocked Middle Tennessee's first uh, point after after Middle went up six to nothing, and uh, I think that was you know looking back you can kind of see that the defense was going to set the tone, and uh, defense had uh, at least three turnovers. I think we had three interceptions, and um, so we'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper into that. But it was nice. I think the the overall. Um, and biggest thing, and Shane and I were kind of talking about this before, it's nice to win a game where the offense, like, it really wasn't that great. Uh, you know, FAU only putting up 28 points. Uh, that's, you know, college football, when you put up 28 points, yeah, I guess that's probably about average. Um, and uh, offense didn't, didn't really click uh, very much. You know, it could be due to some injuries. There's some drop passes in there. But Robinson only threw for one touchdown and 150 yards, 145 yards, something like that. So um, it's not like he lit it up all over the field and we had that four-touchdown game from John Mitchell again. Um, you know, it was just kind of – it was kind of scattered, had some good runs, had some good catches. Um, but it, it was nice that really we were able to, um, uh, to, to win a game like that. So, Shane, what was your – you know, you want to expand on any of that or what was your, your thoughts? I was on mute. Um, I thought it was a little concerning in the first half. We were going to have quite a few chunk plays, a lot of deep plays down the field. Uh, I think, you know, MTSU had seven or eight of those, you know, 15-yard chunk plays, uh, which is way too many. Uh, you know, the, the style of defense we play, a lot of cover three, a lot of man coverage, um, you might give some of those up. It's, it's just kind of part of it. Uh, you hate to see your corners lose some of those one-on-one battles. But then late in the game, Miko Dawson, you know, makes the two interceptions in just straight man coverage. I mean, both his interceptions where it wasn't a bad throw or Asher O'Hare making a poor decision. He threw it up and said, I need my guy to catch it over your guy. And our guy won the battle twice. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, and we can we can also need to talk about Rashad Smith coming up with the big interception again. I mean, that guy, you know, in football, it's sometimes it's a little bit of luck, but that guy just has an ability to just always just be around the ball, mm-hmm. uh, and he is just a playmaker. I mean, how many big interceptions he's had late in games for us? I mean, you think back to Air Force last year, he came up with the big interception at the end uh, when that game got tight. So. I mean, he two picks, a sack and a half, and two fumble recoveries on the year. He just does a little bit of everything. Uh, it, you know, the, the other concerning part was 
and the, the injuries are kind of piling up at the running backs. It's it's weird. James Charles gets carries in one game and disappears in another. Uh, Malcolm Davidson was the only running back to receive over five carries. Uh, Larry um, scored late in the game, but he only had four carries, and you know he kind of I think tweaked a knee on a, kind of an awkward tackle early in the game, and he came back, but. You know, we're running out of bodies yeah. <laughs> at that position. So uh, it doesn't seem like we can have them all at once. Yeah. Um, and the the picking on the corners, it seems and, – and and Shane, you would follow this more, but it seems as if Chris Tooley seems to get picked on more um, than others. I felt like a lot of the uh, – more often, and really for the year um, – He's been when there's been a big play. He's tends. I feel like he's been in coverage more often than than Miko Dotson or um. Frick, I can't remember the uh, other corner's name. James Fear. Yeah. Well, um, James Fear is like one of the best corners in the conference. <clears throat> he's going to get thrown out less. I think that's just a product of them people throwing away. Yeah. James Fear, so Tuli. Uh, Tuli's also just a little smaller, so teams are going to try the back shoulders, the fades on him. You know, yeah. he's a great corner. He's in position most of the time. Uh, but the first touchdown of the game was Miko Dotson. Miko Dotson led. Oh, was it? Okay. One. So, um, I can't remember when we they started at their own one. I run to the bathroom real quick um, and came back. Yeah. But um, when that we pinned them down at their one and they got out of the end zone. But the big key was with those chunk plays is in the second half we were able to get more pressure on the quarterback. So O'Hare was able. He, wasn't able to be as accurate with some of those balls. And, you know, they made some other adjustments that we could probably do an entire podcast with Chris Bartels. Yeah, for sure. Breaking down what they made the adjustments, but I mean, zero points in the second half in college football is it's insane. Yeah. You don't, especially in conference USA where it's, you know, this isn't Bama's defense running out there. It's, you know, it's, that's crazy. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, we want to gain that way. That defense is really starting to click. And we saw this last year, uh, even though Tony Perrella was let go, that the defense in conference play slowly week by week got better. Yeah. And Jack, and Jack Shane, what was Shane, some of your, oh. Oh. Go, no, I was, was going to say, Shane, I'm happy that you brought up 20, 2018 because I feel like this is a game that FAU would have lost if this was 2018. Uh, they would have find a way, as if it was the Charlie Partridge years over again, uh, find a way to, to lose it late. Uh, what else can be said about Miko Dotson? The dude is clutch. Uh, three out of his four interceptions have been in the end zone. Uh, both or all three have been in – all four, beg your pardon, have been with man coverage. Um, he's just – he has a special ability to beat his man when he needs to. Uh, there are chunk plays that middle was able to – execute especially in the first half was concerning uh that super super long drive that they had was worrisome where just about every other play was a was a chunk play very worrisome but lane kiffin said it it's a it's a bend but don't break style defense and i know we're getting tired of comparing this team to 2017 but when chris kiffin was the defensive coordinator that's exactly what it was like so it's it's good to see this team Back like 2017 again, rather than 2018. Uh, Malcolm Davidson looked like Kareth White out there. Um, <laughs> I, I wish we could have someone like Motor, and that's obviously going to be Larry. Uh, I, I wish that 
he wasn't so banged up right now, but after that that gnarly hit he took on the far sideline, the Atlantic sideline near the students, I'm not surprised that FU decided to lower his touches until that goal line situation where they put him in to kind of put the game away. Um, that that being said, the offensive line did fair enough. Uh, it's interesting to see BJ at the end kind of being shifted around until we can find him a proper spot. Um, it was enough to get the job done, but uh, Chris Robinson, he was the first one to say it. He did not play as well as he should have. Uh, he said that his execution was off and that his chemistry was off with the receivers. Receivers dropped balls again. You know, not surprised there, but uh, I don't have the stats in front of me because I'm in the car right now heading back to Tampa. I, what, what was the, the final stat, guys? Was it 50 out of 30 passes? for CR2. Uh, we haven't seen that since last year. No, but it, he didn't play terrible. Yeah, I, I think the drops were the biggest thing. He didn't make any bad throws. I mean, Mitchell had, and we'll talk about how Chauncey was used, but um, Mitchell had a drop early, you know, on a, on a third down late in the game, which he should have caught. Uh, you know, there was one where we were near the goal line, and I know Lane was visibly frustrated on the sideline where um, a ball that I thought should have been caught. I, I, there was one earlier in the game, I can't remember, where I thought Harrison probably should have had it. Uh, so, it, it, like you said, just wasn't clicking. I did, we did talk about them on the last podcast. Everyone loves bye weeks, but sometimes, you know, when things are going well, you kind of get out of rhythm, and maybe that's what happened this week. Also, I just think teams are adjusting to us. You know, uh, yeah. going into the season, the receivers uh, wasn't what everyone's talking about. And I think people are saying, okay, well, we got to defend FU differently. We got to stop their deep passing game and their big receivers uh, and make them run the ball to beat us. No one was going to do that to us last year, you know. Uh, so they're saying, well, we know they're banged up in the backfield. We know there's the O-line is – doing okay but they're you know having some issues there so let's you know, let's make them let's not let them get any big chunk plays so yeah we we didn't have i don't think we had you know and, and this certainly could have been game planning or maybe you know middle did does have some speed at <clears throat> um at defensive back where i don't think we ran we ran maybe two jet sweeps you know um d'angelo antoine wasn't that much of a factor i mean it certainly um, some games he he's he's the X factor and he kind of burst onto the scene against Wagner, um, but there, you know there really wasn't much success side to side. Um, again, it wasn't and uh, the one of the biggest things about what Chris is doing well is he's not turning the ball over. Um, Bingo. Know, he, he has you know maybe one or two throws a game where you're like, ah, 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 but what quarterback doesn't? Um, you know, and again, he, he's not necessarily forcing it. And, um, you know, I think he, he's allowing, basically giving the team a chance to win because FAE was talented enough to, to win. FAE was talented enough to win, win Conference USA um, and, and certainly be competitive. And I think last night really, um, you know, keep, keep the team in the game. Don't turn the ball over deep in our end zone. Um, and, and just basically do enough so that the defense can, can do what it needs to. And, you know, against, you know, we've got Marshall coming up next week and we'll talk about them later in the week. 
Um, but the, the game game plan could be completely different. Chris could come out and throw for five touchdowns and 400 yards, you know, 400 yards. Um, so I don't know. It, it's, it's, uh, again, uh, like I said, in the beginning of the show, the, the, the big thing about it, the nice thing about it was that the, the offense was not clicking all the way and we were able to win by two touchdowns. So. Yeah. I mean, it was, I'm, I'm happy that we also did mention that he didn't, you know, have any interceptions, uh, no turnovers and no sacks. So again, just like a, a mirror image of 2017 in that case. Um, again, the only issue was that the completion rate, but I'm right there with you guys. It really wasn't all his fault. He did make some poor decisions, but uh, it, it happened. Uh, how about Tronti though? Uh, he had a 100% completion rate. <laughs> so I'm, uh, if I'm correct on that, it was a, a busted play on fourth and inches. Well, I wouldn't say busted play, but Middle Tennessee did a yeah, great job of doing an all-out play. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an all-out blitz, and then he got tripped up by the defender. Um, yeah. he, did, he said to himself that was, if he was able to hit Harrison Bryant earlier, it would have been a touchdown because Middle just sold out on the run there. And who can blame them because they got burned on the on the drive. Not, you know, I think it was previous when it was three straight runs, uh, two by Tronti, one by Davidson uh, for 57 yards. Um, but And then Harrison Bryant, you know, being able to change direction so quickly and then do an all-out dive to – catch the ball in order to extend the drive really disappointed we weren't able to score uh to put that game away for sure but uh do you do you guys think that with how Tronti was able to do that if Chris struggles god forbid against a team like Marshall that he could be on a, a short leash there I, I think they're going to use him to just get a spark in the offense but <clears throat> I don't really know because and this is just kind of what novice eyes. I thought there was even a couple of times, and, and I think this just would come with experience for Tron, with Tronti. After the first drive, there was I think there was a couple of players where I said, well, he should have pulled the ball there, and he handed it off again, and it went for no yards. You know, um, And this, again, this is just novice eyes. I'm not looking at the All-22 film. So I think that once he kind of gets into this the game – it starts to be a little different. It's like when it's like last year, you put DeAndre Johnson in the game and he busts off two long runs and everyone goes, Oh, why haven't we been doing this? And then all of a sudden the flow of the game defense makes an adjustment and it doesn't really work as well. I mean, it really didn't work with DeAndre outside of the, for a full game outside of the FIU game um, last year. So I'm a little worried because, you know, they did, they had after they brought him back in for another drive and then he got stuffed on two plays. And then Chris came back in for the third and long and threw a pass that Mitchell dropped. So I'm just kind of worried about the leash being too quick. If maybe they say, okay, you know what? Or even a little bit more pre-planned on the third drive or something, or if we get stuck, let's just put him in. And here's three set design plays. We run them and then get Chris uh, back out there, kind of like they're doing for Charlotte. But, you know, I, the offenses are completely different with those two type of quarterbacks and it changes the rhythm of everything when you rotate these guys. So it's, you know, they're, they're two completely different quarterbacks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I think that the only reason Tronti threw and I, and I tweeted, uh, and this was, this was a dumb thing to tweet. I said, leave Tronti in there until middle figures out the run. 
and that was after the I think the, the Davidson run and then sure enough the next drive they figured out the run and that he basically threw you know he got tripped up and just lofted it up to Harrison Bryant um, who made the catch and that was that was big even though we didn't we, nothing came of that that was big for field position and momentum because at that point the, I think FAU was only up one score um, and middle could have been taken over the ball at the it was about the 45, I think. I mean, it wasn't deep in our territory, um, but uh, it certainly, you know, middle, they they showed that they could make big chunk plays the, the whole game. So that was a big thing for um, um, just from momentum and field position. But, uh, you know, I think, <clears throat> again, like, like Shane said, he comes in for a spark, which is really what he did. Um, you know, he, he threw something out, got a couple first downs, boom, Malcolm, Malcolm Davidson, long run. And I think maybe at that point, you know, all right, put Chris back in the, on the next drive. We got what we needed out of it. We got more than what we could ask for, um, you know, you think. And then, um, you know, I, I think that's that's really – I think that's where he, he gives us the best chance, you know, some, you know, set drives, the second drive, the third drive, and then maybe the, you know, second or third drive of the second half, something like that. I, I think at this point Chris has earned his uh, his keep as the number one and, and starting quarterback because, again, he, he's thrown for 300 yards, over 300 yards several times this year. <clears throat> he's not making ill-advised throws. Um you know, and he, he's doing what he needs to. I mean, he, they try to, to run the option with him or have some some set QB runs. He had a uh, one or two solid solid runs. So I'm, you know, he's he's they're mixing it up with him as well. Certainly not as much as, um, you know, not a true run pass option type thing. But I want I want to make the point with Malcolm Davidson. Uh, I know we talked about about him, and he had a good spring, but he's not someone who just kind of burst on. To the scene randomly. I mean, he was a highly recruited kid coming out of high school, multiple offers. Uh, I think he was like the third highest rated kid in our class two years ago, uh, behind a couple of South Hall, you know, who was at Juco. So, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't some like, oh, look, you know, we just kind of found this running back. I mean, Malcolm Davidson um, is somebody who can be really good for a long time for us. You know, I know BJ Emmons and uh, you know, Larry McCammon got the press, you know, this year, but Davidson was again, highly recruited coming out of high school. And we saw that. I mean, I think players have joked that he is one of the probably top two or three fastest guys on the team. And we saw that in that run yesterday. And yeah, the, the, the stallion, as they call him. He, he didn't look, he's to me, he still doesn't look a hundred percent. He um, runs like a track, like it's a track. Yeah. run. It's a, he's yeah. got like, yeah, I I saw it yesterday, and I'm like, man, he's running like uh, it's like it's good form. I mean, he's running like he's yeah. out there, you know that. But and not that I'm a, any means a running expert, but right, yeah. you, know, you could, yeah, he doesn't look, but I think it's kind of he has like kind of this, yes, it's a little different in the open field. It looks a little different, but I thought maybe this thing against Charlotte, but he's like pulling away from defenders, so yeah. He, if yeah. he isn't still at a hundred percent, then wow. Because then that's if he has another gear after that, then that's that's unreal. He could be one of the faster players that have ever played it after you, like Lucky Whitehead or uh, you know some other guys that are just kind of the fastest ever played here. Well, something that I thought was interesting was was this is the the first time since the Western Kentucky game last year where FAU had a running back rush for over one hundred yards. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
since since uh, early November of last season. So I think it, it kind of goes it goes to show the struggles that we had uh, later in in the season last year, and how you know we've been talking up about Larry so much, but he's yet to really hit that century plateau yet. He he got close. Uh, was that was that the Ball State game, guys? I think he got really close there. Um, but it, it's good to, to see FAU being able to have an explosive running back again. Yeah, and I think they're 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 a good combo. You know, Davidson's kind of the explosive guy. Larry's somebody's going forward, and I said this even coming out of high school. One of the reasons I think I made the comparison um, on this form, kind of like a DeIvory Edgeholm, Charles Pierre, Pierre combined. Larry's just going to do everything. He's going to be a grinder, dependable, great around the goal line, block, catch, you know, not – he's does not going to have, like, Absolutely. these highlight real runs like Motor and Kareth White. He's just – you're going to look at the box score at the end of the game and be like, wow, you know, okay, 17 carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns. I know he had three carries on three big third and threes where he was able to fight and get yards. Oh, cool, he also had six catches. And for the advanced football fans, you're going to be like, well, I saw him pick up two really nice blocks on blitzes. I mean, that's like the type of player he is. So Yeah. And even that, that play where he got injured, he actually he caught the ball. Uh, that was a pass when, when he got hurt there. So yeah. you're absolutely right. Very, very versatile. Uh, and that's, that's the kind of player that FAU is going to have to count on for years to come once Harry B moves on. Well, it's a, he's a grinder. So it's – Hopefully he can get, you know, I saw him on the sideline. He was kind of like sprinting back and forth on the sideline. So it looked like yeah. he was okay, like almost trying to show the coaches, like kind of put me in, put me in. But maybe there was thinking that like, well, Davidson's going now. There's no point of us riding there if we don't have to since we have a game on Friday. I wonder if there was any kind of thinking behind that. Um, I wouldn't be, I mean, I, I certainly, certainly wouldn't be surprised at that, especially with the, with the quick turnaround. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean these these coaches aren't dumb, you know. They're they're at the Division One FBS level for a reason. Uh, you know, Lane Kiffin is, is sought after for a reason. Uh, they know it's a short week against probably one of the most talented teams in Conference USA, one of the most talented uh, and fastest defenses in Conference USA. So no need to force it when Davidson has the hot hands or hot feet in, in this case, if you will. Yeah, and that, that certainly could could have been a. Um... Could have been could have been a major thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, again nice to see us walk away and uh, with a with a good W. And and uh, I was uh, I was on the opposite sideline, the visiting sideline, sitting next to uh, sitting next to some middle fans. And I heard one 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 fan that was like, "Man, if we win this game, we walk out of here. We're ahead of Marshall. We are in such great position." And it was nice for that. Yeah. For them to walk out with, the, with an L, but uh, speaking of, of that, I, I know some of we kind of wanted to touch on uh, attendance. It's kind of a hot topic on Twitter. Um, this is a game, and, and we talked about this last week, where where we really thought, I think a lot of people, and maybe FAU thought this as well, where it, it we thought that we're going to have a solid a solid crowd for FAU standards, which means anywhere seventeen to twenty thousand um, would be a really good crowd. And, you know, Miami played the night before. Uh, Florida State game was over, I think, and they played. They played Clemson. So there's no. They were at night. Florida State, or yeah, or Florida. Florida was at night, but later at night. I was watching Florida State. Yeah, yeah the Florida game was on at night. 
Even I mean, even there was there were there was a UCF fan sitting behind me, and UCF had a buy. So even if there's South Florida UCF fans, like the attendance really was just disappointing. And I think at this point that that's kind of who we are. It it makes sense logically that okay, we we won three games in a row, big conference game against uh, a team who historically we've had close games with, a a great time of day. It's not going to be hot. It was a little you know not really unpleasant it wasn't sunny out it what it rained for like five seconds so it was it was a nice time to be at the game and to only i don't know what the announced attendance was 15 12 no, 12,000 12, yeah, yeah there was the second lowest under lane yeah i mean that that's this is i i don't know what more fau could have done it's military appreciation day i mean sometimes that can help boost it's just i, I don't know that was it was embarrassing. Let's just, just say what it was. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it was well, very FIU-esque. <coughs> well, the, the, here's my issue, and it, you know, I kind of got in a debate with somebody on Twitter on this. It's like People always go to this, well, we need more marketing. I'm like, I'm sorry, though. Um, FIU makes it very aware there's a game. I mean, yeah. if you are not aware there's a football team in Boca playing a game today, you're just not a person who's going to go anyways. Like your head's in all. If you're not – social media and stuff like that. Um, I think the bigger thing is, is and he's never really had too much of an issue with this before. It goes on around the country. We've talked about this before. It's just the lack of student attendance. Um, I've never seen so many students just walk the other direction. Before. <laughs> like, yeah. and I honestly think they don't need to pick a fight with students like FIU did and get strict on the tailgating. But I do think there needs to be a nudge from athletics where they release a statement or something. Yeah. Saying, hey, if we're going to pay police, go out there and let all you guys party and do all this stuff and not be real strict about it, show some support because there's really no purpose in letting you guys do that all if you're not. And no one's saying, you know, we're going to cancel the tailgating, you know, point the yeah. finger. Like, don't do what FIU did because they got into it with their students this wise in Greek life. But like, I think there just has to be like a little bit of a, a re-nudging to be like. It, I, I've shown up, you know, normally I get to the games around, um, you know, I'm not much of a tailgater anymore. I live close enough that I actually ride my bike to the game. So I just ride right up to the stadium. Um, That's gold. That's so cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I have seen like hundreds of students just walking away as the game is starting and it is baffling. I mean, it, it happened a lot last year, but this year, like, come on. I mean, this, this is um, the, the team's three and two it's against a good opponent. What, well, so what you, you're going to stay out there all day long to party and then go. It's still, it's only four o'clock. It's not like you're going to go out. I, I mean, it was just like, it, it's, 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 I just don't I, get I don't the know. whole like I'm too cool to watch a football game. Yeah, I I'm, but it's it's not like a, a couple students. I mean, there are, are dozens or hundreds of students that just walk back to the dorm, and it's like there were there were else, thousands, Dan. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? It doesn't make any sense. Also, well, I'll, I, I'll get, uh, let me finish this, and I'll, I'll and and I'll, I'll and then go ahead, Shane. But um, I think the students now because FAU has gone back and forth where the student section is the students are just spread out along the whole side, the, the visiting sideline and where the now old student section was in the end zone. Um, 
And I think it's just they're, – they're so far spread out. There's no concentration of noise. Like when Middle was at the, at the one-yard line, I was going to take a video of this. The entire lower section of the end zone was just sitting there. Like that's the – like students should be loud. They were right in front of them, and they were all just sitting down. So I think there, there's some bigger issues. Um, I get why they – we know why they moved the students and increased – No, I, I know that. And they're getting more. They wanted to fill the sideline. I also think there's a little bit. You know, I know last year there were some games where they came close to selling out the student section a couple of times. And now I think you doubled it. There's real no. The the biggest way to create something that's popular is create demand. You know what I mean? Yeah. A smaller stadium make people feel like they have to, and students don't feel that way right now. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just an attitude from student leadership and Greek organizations. Like, you know, I, I know it was like, who's, who likes, like, again, the organizations were too cool to go to a football game. Okay. Like, awesome, man. You know, I get it. Not everyone's fully into football. You know, there's girls out there that don't really care to watch conference USA football. I get it. But a few hundred is, it's ridiculous. That's it's ridiculous. And I think athletics needs to do, do something, you know, a little bit here, like kind of nudge FAU Greek life and stuff. Again, you know, you don't need to go take away all the fun, but I think there needs to be like a conversation that needs to be had and be like, Hey yeah. guys, we're going to let you tailgate on the backside of the stadium, throw parties. We're not having, you know, I, I walk over to the student tailgates, stop by my old Greek organization and police aren't bothering them. You know, there's a lot of drinking going on and they're not going through with the, you know, there's a police presence, but they're not going through with the fine tooth comb, checking every ID. And you no, know, cause FAU is in the position like, Hey, we just want our kids to have fun. But you know, we, we want this to support in exchange for it. And if you're not getting the support, then the question is to ask the organizations, then what are we letting you do this for? You know, it was, you know, it was weird, Shane. I, I was walking around lot five as well. You know, both of us were in fraternities um, in our undergrad years. And it, it, it was weird. It, remember when it was just, when it was, when we were back in, in the day and tailgating, we were at the old rat's mouth on the South side of the stadium and everyone was in FAU gear or remember when we would dress up and do all that back in the day. Uh, now walking around lot five, I see kids like in like Boston Celtics jerseys. You know what I mean? That's the or thing. It, it's the darty as if it's a party. it's a darty. Exactly. Yeah, like, darty is a, a day party uh, for for those that are not part of the hashtag culture. But it, it was it it just goes to show that's what they're there for. They're there for the gram. They're there for the darty. Uh, they, they pack it up, they go home, they rally and do whatever. And it's, I'm not sure, you know, playing better opponents could, could fix things, but that's not going to come. Sorry, guys. That's just the way Conference USA is. Um, continuously winning uh, could help, but n not a lot. You know, the, again, these kids are literally walking past the stadium to go back to their dorms or where they parked at. And if they're not going to pop in for just one quarter, then they're not going to pop in you know, whenever they want, if that makes sense. It's just, it's just frustrating. And I, I don't, I, I feel like Shane, like when we were back in school, we kind of laid the groundwork 
yeah, for it, especially for the Greek organizations. And now it just seems like it's kind of gone. It's it's disappointing. It's disheartening. It's, 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 you, this is an issue at other schools, too. Like, I, I remember I was watching a Wisconsin game last week, and I've used them as an example a couple times. For some reason, I'm always finding myself watching Wisconsin on TV, and, like, I see their student section sometimes, and it's, like, a third full. So, I mean, again, I, I think it's just an attitude, and I think that attitude needs to develop from the top, and they just set the standard. Like, this is another, you know, kind of challenge to FU Athletics when we talk about game day operations and stuff like that. I mean, um, Alabama had to issue that statement because everybody was leaving early there. So, it's it's not unique to FAU, but maybe the, the amount of students leaving might be well, something. Maybe just create something. Maybe, like, <clears throat> you know what, um, because fraternities have to register for those tents and stuff. Maybe be like, hey, if an X amount of your organization doesn't walk in there, yeah, you, you don't get a tent. Next. Like, you know what I mean? We're not letting you just throw a party on yeah. our grounds for nothing. Yeah. Like, so – I I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have the idea, the perfect idea in my head, but someone, you know, somebody needs to do something. Um, I also do think it's an element, and Walty pointed out on the form, I think there was a little bit of pay today for the debacle that did happen at UCF. And I know, you know, we yeah. talked about it, fix it, but, you know, this is, you know, if everything goes well in that game, even a little bit on the field, um, with operations and stuff. I know you said that there was a UCF fan behind you. Uh, you know, there was quite a few UCF fans that just bought season tickets just to get tickets to that game. Maybe yeah. a few hundred of those fans used those tickets yesterday if they had a better experience Yeah. that day. So it's like... It's a little things. Yeah, so it's going to take some time to rebuild it. Uh, but, you know, maybe yesterday was kind of the first step in that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, winning cures everything. So we, you know, we, we keep winning. We are winning. Yeah, we are winning. So it's just like, that's why this one's so confusing and we'll see Friday night. Um, I know we're talking about Marshall, but like, I hate the excuse machine. You should have put in, you should have told your boss in July that you were out at noon. Yeah. It's Friday. It's at six 30. You can, yeah, like there, there's there's no excuse. This, the game's not at four. Like, or five. Oh, I was at work. I'm like, what yeah. job? I mean, I I get it. There's multiple stories of like some people just can or it's bad or is that one Friday? But like, I don't know. I've never had a job, and I've worked multiple jobs in my <laughs> life where if I gave plenty notice, or I couldn't cut out or do something, or <coughs> so it's I I just I'm not buying that excuse on Friday. Yeah, I. I, I worked from a, get there. I, I worked at uh, 11 a.m. till 1:30 a.m. Friday night. Got home at two, for and then woke up again at four to get on my flight to Fort Lauderdale to, to get to the game. I, I had two hours sleep in a span of some 48 hours. Um, I'm, I'm not saying whoa me, but I, I do this because I love the team. I love the program. I love this position that I'm able to do with the Owls and that's to be able to interact with all the fans and. That, that's what makes it frustrating is that there are ways to, to work around the excuses, just whether or not people have the willpower, whether or not the students have the willpower. Um, and I don't know what it's going to take for, for us as a young fan base to get over that hump uh, like UCF has. 
um, to, to, to gain that willpower. And it's, it's just, it's just frustrating, but, uh, all we can do is just is just take this as a challenge, Owl Nation. You know, let's let's see what we can do against Marshall. We all know Marshall is a bigger opponent than Middle Tennessee, or at least a bigger name. We know that they travel well. They have a large alumni base here, and then they have a large uh, group of players that come from Florida. Um, you know, I'd say Middle Tennessee is a bit of a rivalry game, but so is Marshall. Uh, let's get up for it. We win this game against one of the most talented teams in the conference, and the, you know, we control our own destiny at this point. Um, we'll, we'll let's, get let's just be a challenge. We'll get deeper yeah. into Marshall. I also just on. think it's like we're just still at a point. I know like in my group of friends that I go with, there was a lot of people who had like one thing or another that couldn't make the game. And it's just we're not at the point where like every football is their number one priority in life. You know what I mean? They like to go to the games, but if something else comes up. Um, and also those of you out there that are a part of, um, that participate in fall weddings, <laughs> you're just you're you're bad like don't go to them don't support them tell them don't even send them a gift you know there needs to be punishment for people who have weddings in october uh, <laughs> it just they're selfish people <laughs> they're selfish <coughs> this day's about me right no. exactly yeah people want to watch football get married any other time of the year um <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap things up here with our, our weekly conference USA talk. Well, like I said, we'll dig into Marshall a little bit later on this week, um, but we'll do a, a quick look around conference USA. Obviously, FAU wins twenty eight thirteen. UAB uh, handed UTSA their second conference loss thirty three fourteen. Louisiana Tech dismantled UMass because my goodness, UMass is god awful. Uh, FIU beat Charlotte forty eight twenty three. Eh, ho-hum, nothing really to see there. Kind They're getting the, better. They are getting better. They agreed. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> Certainly not Charlotte, that's for sure. Yeah. And they, you know, I will start the Shulables around the corner just a little bit. You know, they won that game yesterday, and James Morgan didn't even have to throw it. I mean, he only had 16 attempts. He was 16 to 13 to 16, so they were able to get the running game going. Um it might be a little late for them to get back in the Conference USA East race. A couple of yeah, they're one and two right, right now. But, you know, they're a team that's got looking more and more week to week like the team we thought they were going to be before the season. So They'll, they'll end up with, with seven wins. Yeah, seven, eight wins. Their schedule is tough, but, uh, well, not really. I mean, they get UTEP this week. But, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that – Two weeks ago, we might have looked at the game and said, wow, dude, FIU just doesn't disappoint in this season. That, that's a win in the shoe Bowl. Right now, you know, James, David, when you have a good quarterback, and go beat, you can beat anybody on any night. Yeah. Yeah, uh, James Morgan's looking good at quarterback. Uh, Maurice Alexander, they're running back, had a really good day. So, uh, whatever, props to him. Yeah, good talk. Okay, good for them. Uh, anyways, about schools that matter. Um, Southern Miss. Uh, Western – Southern Miss oh, yeah, beat North on. Texas. That, that's kind of, you know, I guess you could almost say a changing of the guard in the West. I mean, Louisiana, obviously a big game this weekend, Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech. But um, Southern Miss really handled North Texas 45 to 27. Mason Fine got injured more towards the end of the game, but I feel like I think he's been dealing with injuries throughout the year. Um, and uh, so that will be uh, the Louisiana Tech uh, Southern Miss game. 
outside of the FAU game is going to be certainly a game that you want to watch. And then Marshall beat Old Dominion 31-7. to Like I said, we'll dig further into them later on the week. Oh, yeah, 31 17, excuse me. Um, and then Western Kentucky, uh, 4 and 2, 2 and 1 in conference. They beat Army um, 17 to Dude. 8. Dude. So, uh, is, I mean. Is, is... Go ahead, Jack. Sorry, 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 Dan. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's, I'm just so shocked by that. Like, I, I guess Western really is real. Like, they're Army's a good close, team. They're winning close games. They, they, they're, do, they have the ingredients to win close games. I can do that. Nicole towards them right now. Like Army's not as good as we thought they were preseason. I know they had that close game versus Michigan, but who doesn't have a close game versus Michigan? These <laughs> uh, it's we'll see. I, I they're definitely going to go bowling now, and they're definitely going to overachieve their season. But I kind of want to see them beat a top team somewhere in Conference USA because um, they're just not putting up points. Yeah, I mean their quarterback well, plays very average. So, but we do play a road game up there. So I don't, you know, that's a game that could get weird. Yeah, yeah. up there in, in November in the cold. Um, their their conference USA wins are over uh, FIU, uh, UAB, and am I am I missing one more guys? Yes, because they are three and zero, I think. I think they beat Ryder. Oh, they beat Old Dominion, Ryder. Hold on. What I'm going to say is let's wait until they play a Marshall, until they play an FAU. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not sure who they have in the West, but if it's, you know, UTSA, UTEP, or Rice, then that game doesn't doesn't count. You know what I mean? Kind of like what FIU did last year. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, let's let's wait until – they play, you know, Marshall or, or, you know, until we go up there to Bowling Green to play them. But, I mean, it's getting to the point where we need to start taking notice that Western is a threat to us. I'm not saying that they're the only threat because we're going to have to see how we play against uh, Marshall on Friday. But uh, we're going to have to take them seriously. And, and good, good for them, honestly. Prop, props to them. Because I don't think anybody, even the fans up in Bowling Green and Big Red himself or itself, whatever it is, uh, saw this kind of season coming from the toppers. Yeah. So, uh, we'll certainly, it'll be an interesting, excuse me, it'll be an interesting conference season for sure. So, um, yeah, like I said, we will be back later this week to go over Marshall. Um, and, uh, we thank you guys for joining us tonight as always at for all the, the forum talk and all the latest news throughout the week. Uh, at Inside the Borough on Twitter. Check us out there. You know, all your favorite podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, anything like that. So we thank you guys for joining us. And uh, as always, we'll see you guys next time. Go out.